Blog Hello, Radio. Oh, wait. Huh. Hello, and welcome to our first episode of Thyroid Nation Live Radio. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of Thyroid Nation. And Tiffany Milanich with Grateful Garden Biz. Yeah, hi, everybody. I hope there's lots of people <laughs> tuning in. It's our first show. We absolutely have never done this before, so you're just going to have to Hang in with us as we learn and go and grow together. I wanted to, uh, before we jump in, I wanted to talk about a few couple of things. Um, We have a team of people, not just Tiffany and I, behind this whole setup. It kind of came from a a friend of mine who inspired me to do the show, and we decided if we were going to do this, we needed to do it with the help of others. So we have a team of seven other fabulous, fabulous women Hopefully most of them are, them are able to listen today. One of them is Raina Kranz, and let's see, who else do we have? We have Melissa Phipps, we have Laura Schooneman, we have Penny Jensen, the wonderful Sarah Downing, Marissa Rave, or we're just going to call her that. She has a different last name. Who am I leaving, leaving out? Uh, Blythe Clifford. So we want to thank all those ladies for helping us. And today, our first guest is someone you all know or should know if you're in the thyroid world or have thyroid issues. She and Melissa is... Bouchard Phipps, right? Oh, yes. And Melissa? Bouchard. Sorry, Melissa. Well, she's home, sick Laura... with a, she's home with a sick kid, right? So. <laughs> yes. And Laura, sure Laura Schooneman? Yes. And Laura. Laura Schooneman. Have we got them all? All kinds of wonderful women. I Do think so. <laughs> I didn't count on my fingers. I should have. There's seven plus two, nine total. We're missing out somebody. Just message us. (laughs) Okay, so we have all the the scoop. I'm, I'm, again, the founder of ThyroidNation.com. So if you have any questions, you can always find me there. And uh, let's see, where are we? Okay, I think we have Mich- Michelle ready. Do you think she's ready to go live with us? Has she called in yet? Do you know, Tiffany? Nope, I don't know. Not see yet. Her yet. Not okay. yet. Okay, well, we so are how are you doing... today, Dana? <laughs> I am, I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm a, I'm You're a sleepy and my thyroid is the size of a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is that? What's the matter? Are you a little nervous today? <laughs> no, 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 no. Waiting for you to connect no. from Costa Rica going, oh, my gosh, is this going 30 seconds, 29 seconds. I'm like, <laughs> Counting down. For so those of you that don't know, there's a fabulous woman who, who talks to us in the background and tells us how much time we have, and it is just more stressful than anything, I have to say. <laughs> right? It totally is. <laughs> Oh, it totally is. is stressful, yes. Very well, a little so. bit about us. I um, My name, again, is Dana, and I live in Costa Rica. I'm a Texan that moved to Costa Rica in 2008 with my husband and two kids, sight unseen. We just picked up, we sold everything, and moved here. There was no Facebook or Facebook groups or anybody to ask questions to. So it does seem a little crazy right now to me when I think back about it. But stepped and moved, and we landed here in a tennis Costa Rica, and we just love it. We go back and visit to the States all the time, see our family, 
but we just love the slow pace of living here and the culture and the Ticos, as they call them, are very friendly. So we feel very lucky. So tell us a little bit about you, Tiffany, just a little bit, so everybody can get to know you. Well, I started Grateful Garden as a pure love of aromatherapy and healthy skin care and just um, the benefits of essential oils. And uh, it's sort of evolved. Um, I've had love of medicine for a very long time with a long time health problems. And then, of course, my mother, who was an undiagnosed hypothyroid and Hashimoto um, that uh, was untreated, and uh, unfortunately became demented and and uh, lost her mind. And that's uh, I cared for her until she passed. And it just kind of evolved. And finding out that there's many, 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 many women out there that um, need to know more about their thyroid condition and what it all entails. So that that's sort of the passion uh, behind it. Not really the the you know originating reason for Grateful Garden, but definitely the the power that fuels it on the thyroid side. There's no question about that. Well, and and for me, I have to tell you, I'm going to just dive right in and tell you a little bit about my my thyroid and and how it all started. And we can we can jump back to you in just a second. But I believe I've had I'm sure thyroid problems my entire life. My mother has hypothyroidism. My great-grandmother passed in a mental institution, and I am just 150% certain that had they checked her thyroid, things would have been different. But evidently they didn't back then, and she suffered and didn't remember my mom or my grandmother or even my sister when she passed. So it was very very brutal. And so now all of a sudden – we are uh, learning more and more things, and boy, how I wish you know we could have changed things back then. But I, uh, I was feeling symptoms and just terrible, and and I didn't really know what it was. And I, I went to the doctor here in Costa Rica, and they ran some labs. Luckily, they ran a lot of labs, and sent me to a specialist who was the specialist in Costa Rica, and they diagnosed me with Hashimoto's. The problem is, Tiffany. Um, they never mentioned nutrition. They never mentioned that the word autoimmune never even came into the picture, which is crazy, is it not? Now looking back, it is, or lifestyle it is crazy, or 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 gluten or anything like that. So they gave me the little pill, and I went on my way for a year and suffered and got worse. And then I started going, huh? Maybe I should start questioning, right? Crazy. You know, why right. don't why don't you know what happens? And and I started questioning, got online, and found some good resources, but nothing that really kind of hit home. And I wanted Thyroid Nation to be a place where everybody could come, a wonderful venue for all different levels of thyroid. As I learned that there's hypothyroid and Hashimoto's and Graves and thyroid cancer and all kinds of stuff when I started doing my research. So. And, and the Ticos here don't have the option. They have one pill. They don't have Cytomel or T3. Can you right. imagine, Tiffany? They don't. They don't. They I don't can't. have. They don't have. Uh, you know, armor or, or armor or. Uh, speaking of the voice, you know, nature Speaking of the voice of your thyroid thrivers, I think we have uh, Michelle here. So you want to give her a quick introduction? Oh, and we do. I, I think we'll we can tune her in. Story. Absolutely. Let's let's Absolutely. do that. Okay. Hello, so today Lindsay. our first Michelle. guest is someone you all know. 
or should know if you have thyroid issues or have been on the Internet or Facebook groups or anything like that is she is thyroid change, uh, a big, big presence in the thyroid community. Michelle Bickford, co-founder and president of thyroidchange.org. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you hear us okay? I can hear you okay. Can you hear me well? I sure can, loud and clear. Oh, wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for having me on Um I, I love the introduction. It, it sounds so amazing. Thyroid change has been such a journey for me. And uh, to think that most people do know our names is a beautiful thing and a testament to teamwork, especially within the thyroid community. So thank you, ladies, for having me on. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I give them to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's for a totally other show. <laughs> right. Well, this is supposed to be a different type of talk. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Absolutely. Would Would you like to tell the listeners, you know, who don't know you or don't know your story, a little bit about your thyroid history so we can catch everybody up to speed? I know, and I believe Tiffany knows, but not sure everybody does. So would you would you care to elaborate a little bit about your thyroid journey? Of course I can. Of course I can. Um, you know, it's funny because when I speak about it, sometimes I feel so, um, oh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but it is almost embarrassing. You know, I was such a young child when I was diagnosed. I was probably 11 years old, and um, both my parents were nurses, and my um, pediatrician happened to be board certified in endocrinology. So I suppose I had a goiter or for whatever reason I presented, he ran some labs and uh, I was on Synthroid ever since. And yeah. I, I never old, really... How old were you? I was like 11 years old. I was 11 years old when I started Synthroid. 11 years old. That's that's very young. So you've lived with this most of your life. I do. I do. I did, and I still do, you know, and I feel sometimes as if uh, I don't know what normal is, you know, um, when we talk about finding the balance and, and things like that. I feel like uh, I've always lived with this condition, so how do you gauge what normal is when the last time you really felt normal was maybe 11, and that's if they caught it right away? <laughs> right. Did they so have to diagnose you? Did they happen to diagnose you as well, uh, autoimmune at that age? Or, or how old were you when you found out, or if you're even autoimmune? I was very lucky because uh, my pediatrician was board certified in endocrinology. He happened. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think he uh, – my mom always says that he was the best in the tri-state area, like the New York City area. So he did test me at that time for uh, Hashimoto's, and I was diagnosed with it. Um, and strangely enough, my father, who – was not diagnosed at the time with Hashimoto's, was soon diagnosed with Hashimoto's as a result of my diagnosis. Wow. But I'll wow. tell you, um, being the child of two nurses, uh, I was told that it was an autoimmune disease and that I had a thyroid problem. So I, I know now as an adult that makes no sense in the sense that, like, uh, how do you have an autoimmune disease? And then they just kind of go and say it's thyroid disease. So which one is right. it? They are independent things. <laughs> right, but right. I I knew that I had to take a pill every day, and I went for blood work every six months since I was 11 years old, and uh, that was the story of my life. And you know, uh, looking back, yeah, I probably had lots of ups and downs that possibly could have been prevented with further knowledge. But I was even diagnosed um, 
what it, uh, it was years ago, so it could have been like eighty seven and how much did we know at that time uh necessarily oh, wow. not, not the information that right. we have today at all right. no we're lucky in that just sense, a, that's for sure just a couple quick statistics for our listeners um evidently familial uh paternal side of thyroid disease. Uh, especially autoimmune, is very prevalent to pass into the children. I did not know that, that it was uh, a very large percentage coming from the father's side. Yeah, not so, surprising. And you can and also be diag- – go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say it's not surprising. And looking back at my father's history, I, I believe that to be accurate, you know, at least in my life. Right, right, me too. My my dad was uh, hypothyroid. He's been on a Synthroid for uh, 65 years. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, an interesting tidbit there. That yeah, is a what brought you to start. What's what brought you to start thyroid change, especially since you'd had the most of your life? Uh, what brought you to really come forward and say, "Wow, we need, we need something bigger." You know, it was. Uh, I hit the point where I was married, and I began having children. And I have three daughters that are, um, well, now their ages are eight, six, and three. And um, obviously it was like every other year I was having a child. Not quite sure what I was thinking at the time, but, you know, uh, I, I did so. I, I was looking at the children, not the effect on my body per se. And um, right. after each child, I, I kind of had a crash. And I can't really explain it better than that. I just know that it was very difficult for me to function. And um, I kind of chalked it up to postpartum and assumed that, you know, it was just hormones. But I think like most people, I didn't think of hormones as the intricate thought that I now have. You just say, oh, it's just my hormones. And you don't even fully understand what that means. So after my third... No, no, right? Isn't it just like a thought? It doesn't... Well, you don't think you can can control it either. It's kind of like, well, this is just the way it goes rather than, wow, what I'm doing or this or that can really affect the way this this whole hormonal shift turns out, so to speak. Almost like a manifest destiny because you're a woman, so therefore you have to be hormonal. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right, right. <laughs> uh, what? Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I was going to say, especially when uh, after you have a child, you know, people kind of expect, oh, you're overtired or, oh, this is happening. And, so much discomfort is talked up to normalcy. And it was after my third daughter, I, oh, I just remember feeling trapped in my own body. I can't explain it better than that. My mind was functioning to a degree, and I just felt like my body wasn't able to keep up with my thoughts. And um, I, I was, at the time, I was teaching at a local university, and I was teaching their research course in communication. So nothing having to do with medical, but I had been used to reading journal articles. So I I kind of reflected on my life and realized the one thing that I didn't know anything about was Hashimoto's. And the only thing I really did know about it was that it was insignificant. And that was kind of like, all right, all right, that's naive. Okay, let's let's start here. (laughs) And I began reading about the concept of T3 and the effect of T3 on the body. And it just fit. It was like this puzzle piece that I needed. Uh, and the then I turned moment. my uh-huh. yes, the epiphany, the epiphany that, yep. that something is happening to my life, and that there very well could be a true cause. And at that time, I, I wasn't well versed in the um, 
debates and, you know, what's currently happening with the patients. And I, you know, tried to talk about it with my doctor and he kind of told me to be leery of the internet. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would he even say that? Right. And, well, and that's, that moment, you know, where would, where ahead. would so many of us be without the internet? You know, I mean, we would all be, oh. I know me personally, I would still be suffering. There's no question. <laughs> there would be no so question. I. And so would I, you know, starting in databases helped me to realize that what was being said on the Internet actually made sense. Right. And I refused to accept it as hogwash. I mean, at the same time, I was always very skeptical of each new claim. And, you know, that's kind of part of what happened with thyroid change. I was kind of in this moment where um, I went to my doctor afterwards. He told me I was too smart for my own good and maybe I should go to a university (laughs) for that type of treatment. And I felt trapped, and I didn't know what to do, and I just started writing because that was all I could do at that moment. I could physically write. And (laughs) if you read the first draft of the petition, it was horrible. But Thyroid Change did start with a petition, and uh, thankfully, uh, Denise Fleming, she is an amazing patient. And, like, I think the petition was, like, two days old, and she said, all right, I believe in you. And it was the most beautiful moment. And she helped me edit the position. And it was such a success that we realized the greatest thing that we could do is to unite all of these amazing advocates in our community to kind of demonstrate that, you know, when you hear the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists or you hear the American Thyroid Association speak, they'll say that most patients do well. And I wanted to somehow enumerate and put into numbers what that meant, who most people were, not even to argue the statistic or the concept of most, but to say that, you know, even if it's less than, there's a lot of people suffering, and and there has to be a voice for them. So that that was the beginning of our change. A choice. Yes, choices. And laboratory, you know, our main vision for thyroid change is expanded laboratory panels, um, because as you said, there is a reason why we need to know that we have an autoimmune disease. We need to understand that, you know, TSH isn't always the best test. And um, we won't even argue as to whether or not most patients, there are too many patients being failed by TSH. So we need further laboratory testing. And then even you go into treatment, we need various treatment. We're all individuals and a cookie cutter treatment one size fits all, one test, one treatment, it it just can't, it, it, it's illogical. No, it's not working. Right. Not the way we'd like it to. It really, not for me. That is, <laughs> right. No, not for me either. Not for me either. I mean, I needed to, you know, I, me personally, I was unable to go on armor. That's what I started on, and I had an immune reaction, so they had to change me back to levothyroxine and then add T3, and we've had to fiddle with both of those amounts, you know, several times before I felt well. Absolutely. And and that's another thing with thyroid change. We want to get the patient voice out there because I think a lot of times we see um, different varieties of treatment. Let's just take armor as an example. And patients will move on to it. And perhaps we don't know the reason. Perhaps it is issues with iron or, you know, other adrenal issues. But whatever the case may be, there are patients who just don't do well on whatever treatment it is. And we need a variety because we're individuals and individual treatment. 
Right, right. And Tiffany the doctors and I, to be very receptive just, to that. Uh, Go ahead, Dana. Absolutely. I was just going to say, Tiffany and I were just, just discussing that this morning. You know, not only are our bodies, there is no one size fits all. Because we keep saying that or we're trying to get that message out. There is no one size fits all. There is also no one protocol, one method that actually works for one person. I mean, it, it, you have so many different variables, like you said, and you might be, you might have a deficiency in copper and you might have a deficiency in magnesium, and the person sitting next to you who's doing the same protocol may not suffer from half the stuff you do. And so there's no way to, to assume that one method and one way can work for everybody. So it's kind of like you got to kind of learn and take each patient as an individual. And so I'm hoping that that's where we're headed in the future. I believe so. I, I do. I feel that, you know, since thyroid change began until now, the voice of the thyroid patient has grown through ourselves and through many other advocates. We can't take full credit. The community is amazing and loud. And our voice, I believe, has been heard, and I think you can see that in some of the guidelines that are issued. They're, they're not quite what we'd like. They're not 100% coming on board. But at the same time, they're starting to recognize, the research is starting to show that expanded testing and T3 treatments are necessary for some patients. And if that's the case, then all of us need access to it, no matter what country we live in. You know, I think we're being heard because yesterday, or it might have been the day beforehand, I was reading a, um, uh, an article that was posted in Medscape that was reviewing the need for T3 again. Uh, and, you know, you what I, what I always love to read in those is the comments that come down below the article, you know, because you have a lot of physicians and alternative practitioners and, and naturopaths and you know, even board-certified endocrinologists and things like that that will comment below those. And, you know, you could hear the con conflicting voice in there, but at least it was being heard. It was being put out there. And I saw a lot of, you know, internists, general practitioners, endocrinologists in conventional medicine really saying, you know, hey, we, we need to look at this a little bit differently, you know. And so I was like, woohoo! It was a, you know, it was a small moment of glory there of saying, you know, it's getting louder and louder, the voice, and then, and, you know, uh, groups like Thyroid Change and Thyroid Nation and uh, so many other things are so responsible for that. And I think it's awesome because it gives the power to the person. You know, it, Thyroid Change gives the power to the person to sign your petition and say, hey, I agree with it, and, and you taking the time and effort to take it forward to, to be heard. It, it's, it's awesome. It really is. Power to the people. <laughs> it's right? so true, though. It, it, it was so necessary. You know, when I was first, uh, you know, reading and hearing the patient voices, I remember thinking to myself, "Well, what can we do? I, I have to do something. I can't just sit here and suffer." You know, and I was having such a hard time finding a doctor, and I still, I, I was just telling Donna the other day that, you know, I still have a hard time. I am bound by insurance. I am, you know, I'm a volunteer for thyroid change. And, uh, you know, I still suffer with my health. And it's it's quite a challenge. So, you know, it's like, what are we up against? And then you see the vast, deep pockets of the pharmaceutical companies who, you know, not that I want to demonize them, but at the same time, they have much greater money and, um 
better marketing team <laughs> right, than right. we could it's ever scary, hope actually. to. <laughs> it is. That's you know, a lot of people wonder sometimes what's happening behind the scenes in thyroid change, but we have been reorganizing, and uh, there are many volunteers to thyroid change. It is far from just me and Denise and Sarah. It is such a large team, and patients who aren't even directly volunteering for us. Um, like, for example, there have been fundraisers. Uh, Hashimoto's Happiness sold T-shirts and donated money to thyroid change. A uh, volunteer for um, our own team, Shannon, she had a garage sale and donated some of the proceeds to thyroid change and we're saving up that money so we can hire our own marketing team and maybe graphic designers so we can have the same look and reach some of the people who are not on social media you know there's a lot of people who aren't on facebook who who don't know our voice who, who need to know that this is happening and would jump on board we're an amazing community yeah let me um, let me ask you a really quick question. Jump back just a minute. I want to know, um, Michelle, what about when you were a child and and you had Hashimoto's and you had this amazing doctor and your parents were both nurses and you realized that you had some issues and you were taking your medicine? Did you ever account for any kind of, or did you guys change your your lifestyle or your eating, or did you ever even equate the two to to be related back then? Oh, oh no, uh, <laughs> no. I it, it no. was. So dismissed, um, and, and I'm not saying right or wrong. I think that was the thought process in 1987. But um, right. I remember asking, is there things I shouldn't eat? And I was told no. I, I was told to take my medicine in the morning. I was told only to take brand name. Um, I remember being really told that was insignificant and that the autoimmune disease attacked my thyroid. So it was almost like, okay, well, manifest destiny. Your thyroid's going to be destroyed, but it's okay. Here's a pill. And I had no and other information. Peachy. Yeah. Right. But looking back, things were never peachy keen. Um, right. My poor, you know, teenage years when all my um, sex hormones were changing well, gosh, looking back on that, I think I think my family has some really big memories from that time and how I behaved. Right. <laughs> and I wish I wish I had the information. It would have been nice. Um, I think the teenage years are horrible for everyone, and any any sort of benefit we can offer a person during that time, it would be nice. You know, quick quick question. Well, quick and, question and, for you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tiffany. No, I don't remember what I was going to say. Now go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, ahead. moment, yeah. So quick yep. quick question for you, um, you know, because I think so many of us look back at our childhood that are Hashimoto or Graves' disease, and we really go, we see all these uh, comments by people, and we go, wow, gosh, that's just so totally applied to me, you know. So when you were diagnosed, what were the signs at 11 years old that your parents saw or that you saw? Because I know, I, I believe it's Blythe Clifford, right, Dana, that, that's the big advocate for children as well? Yes, right. She is. What were the signs and, and symptoms that you had? Because I know all of us as, as hypothyroids or hyperthyroids, Graves, Hashimoto's, we all worry about the genetic factor with our children. So what were the signs that your parents saw or that you saw or was it your pediatrician that, that, that just happened to pick it up at 11? 
You know, it's funny. I don't remember my parents really um, specifying for me and saying, hey, this is what we've noticed. So I think a lot of it had to do with my pediatrician. But if you look back at my life um, and saw my childhood photos when I was before the age of nine, I was a typical child in growth. Um, I was always 90th percentile, like tall, but I was never chubby per se. Then when I hit like between nine and 12, I was very round. And I remember being not interested so much in physical activity. That's kind of always been my thing, though, which is odd for me because in my mind, I'm an athletic person. But (laughs) what I actually do, I I wasn't. (laughs) And I think I made up for it by saying that, like, oh, Jim, it isn't cool. (laughs) But um, I really think that for me, it was my weight. But you have to remember that, um, you know, I hate using that as an indication because so many patients have different presentation and sometimes weight has nothing to do with it. So um, my daughters currently, I have three daughters and I'm always worried about them. And one of the things I'm looking for is the opposite, which is failure to grow. You know, so sometimes it has to do with the growth patterns. Are they growing too fast? Are they growing too slow? Because thyroid hormone has so much to do with that. And then, you know, some of the other things that we look for, um, lethargic, or perhaps they're having difficulty in school, falling asleep in school, or the opposite, unable to control themselves, like like ADHD symptoms. And unmotivated also. Yes, absolutely. You know, where small small tasks seem seem overwhelming, small tasks seeming overwhelming. Absolutely. And we recently yeah. switched pediatricians. And my first pediatrician kind of, um, I don't know how else to say to them, poo-pooed. You know, he was kind of like, oh, you don't need to poo-pooed um, testing my children until they hit around their period. And I was like, well, you know, I, I know that's when all the hormonal changes start, but And my latest pediatrician just kind of said, all right, you have Hashimoto's. Your father has Hashimoto's. Let's test your children. It's just a blood test, and we could do this at every physical. And it was such a relief to have that level of Wow, that's huge. That is huge. I love that. Sadly, so many pediatricians, I know, um, you know, with my children, I see, you um, you know, symptoms here and there in all four of them. And we had, on my one daughter, we really had tested, and her antibodies came out, you know, zero. But, um, you know, I reminded him that, you know, this is not, you know, a subject that's over, per se. You know, just because (laughs) it's zero now doesn't mean it's going to be zero when she's 12. Or, you know, it's something that that, that I would like to keep a marker on. And he said, absolutely. But, you know, we're fortunate. We have a really, you know, a really good pediatrician who, who is, you know, he can hear me, which is very comforting. And that, that, is, that is very comforting. I have to say, you know, I didn't even realize. So I'm so thankful for I've met so many amazing women and, and because of thyroid change and thyroid nation, uh, I've learned so much and didn't even, no one ever even questioned I have issues with my son. And and to me, it's just, it's it floors me that I had all these questions and we went to all these doctors and, and he's very spirited and they say he's ADHD and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff and he's a lot like me that no one ever thought to test his blood at all. And going back to what you were saying, Michelle, when you were in your teens and your hormones and things were just going crazy, I mean, I have had migraines my entire life. What I 
the level of, of what I consider a, a migraine, but I don't believe they're exactly what migraines are, the definition of migraines, just terrible, awful, tension, awful, off the chart, not a 10, and 11, headaches my whole life. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I have some deficiencies or had some deficiencies in things and had extreme hormonal issues when I was in my teens, not just the regular you know, hormone issues, and they just kind of clump it all in, just like when you said when you when you had kids, you know, you just, you know, they just expect that it's hormones, so just hormones, right? And not the not to the level of, of what what they are, and it's it's discouraging for me because you know now I'm just now learning this, and he's 13, and now we're having to go back and test and and see, and I would have liked to have known <laughs> this a long time ago. Hopefully, like you said, there's people listening. Tiffany, you have a doctor's, your doctor's listening. Michelle, you said your doctor's listening. You know, I'm down here in Costa Rica. Things are a little bit different, but but I'm I'm hoping that you know. And Blythe is the voice for the for the kids. You know, she has her whole family. They're all on thyroid medicine. So hopefully, there is change. You know, as far as that goes. And I sure hope so. Too. But I do worry. I do worry. I have to put this out there because. Um, I have one friend, uh, well, I have many friends, but one of my friends that I first met. Um, Are you sure? As a, I hope so. <laughs> but I remember her. Her name is Amy, and she was one of my first thyroid friends. You know, when you first creep onto a group and you're nervous and you're like, what am I even doing? What do I even you ask silly questions that have been asked a million times before? And um, she had, uh, Amy always had a normal TSH. And eventually she went on and had, a, you know, a lot of problems through her teenage years. And then she actually um, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. So now she's a psycho, psycho survivor. And that mm-hmm. always, that story stuck with me. Um, and I will always be a little nervous for until we have change. Um, those individuals who do not have the gaslight come on, and that TSH isn't tripped since a lot of us are still bound. Even my doctor, he's not, even though I've asked for free T3 and free T4, um, you know, I'm pretty confident that when I look at med slip, it's going to be the typical total T3 and total T4 and TSH. And that that kind of aggravates me, I, I have to be honest, because, um, you know, I feel like those tests are outdated since we're learning so much. And I really wish that it wasn't so challenging. Where it's already challenging being a mom than to have to um, fight with your doctor. Or I shouldn't say fight, but debate, you know, advocate for your child to your doctor. It's just added stress that, you know, a mom doesn't necessarily need to add on to her plate. No. And on the flip side of that, no. too, making sure that they test for antibodies. Because, for example, Absolutely. with me, my antibodies were elevated uh, almost three and a half years before I actually became hypothyroid. And I had all of the accompanying symptoms, the fatigue, the horrific, debilitating brain fog, this massive joint pain, all kinds of stuff. And the only reason I had asked them to draw my antibodies was because of my mom. So, you know, we we watched that freight train coming, and their their answer to that was, well, you're Hashimoto, and we're going to wait and see and wait until that falls into a treatable range. And that took three and a half years for me. So, you know, women can be Hashimoto without being hypothyroid yet. So that's something I really want to make sure that our listeners out there, you know, know that antibodies are just as important as, you know, like Michelle was saying, the TSH, free T4, and the free T3. There's such a big picture and multiple avenues of, of potential problems. 
also when it comes to, you know, TSH being tripped, I remember with my sister, um, you know, she had a lot of allergies and things like that. And I remember saying to her, she's 12 years younger than me. So listening to me is like listening to a mom. I think she half hears what I say. And <laughs> I... I kept begging her to have her antibodies run and to have her thyroid checked. And one visit, her antibodies were elevated, so she received the diagnosis of Hashimoto's. But I believe her TSH was, I think it was a 7. And I remember her doctor uh, informing her that medication was her choice that it wasn't that bad and that a 7-TSH was okay. And I remember thinking to myself, no, the guidelines state that, um, you know, actually the guidelines do state that if your antibodies aren't elevated and this and that, it, it can actually be up to a 10, which I know for some of us, 10 is <laughs> deathly ill. Oh, but, can um, you imagine being a 10? Oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine. No, no, I can't even imagine that, no. how horrible I, I, I felt. I was once a 45. <laughs> So I remember oh being my. miserable. Yeah, so I've, I've run the gamut, ladies. Let me tell you, I was so ignorant to these things. You were 45? Yeah, because You're I stopped taking thyroid medicine because I thought I was invincible. I was 19 years old. I wondered why I gained like 50 oh, pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> but with wow. my sister, I, I, I did encourage her onto medicine. And uh, she actually saw relief in her, you know, she became more active. Um, her allergies got uh, better and she felt more comfortable and she was so grateful that I encouraged her on to medicine. But I've heard that story quite frequently where um, a person's levels are, they'll say they're on the threshold or they're not quite there or, you know, it's the patient's choice if they should try a thyroid hormone. And I do encourage that trial run. If you're being offered it, you probably need it. And there probably isn't a harm and your doctor will take care of you and, uh, it's worth the gamble because you might just feel a lot better. Right. Like my mom, my mother I wanna... chose not to treat. Go ahead, Dana. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. I can wait. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. <laughs> okay, no, I'll you. Go. Okay. <laughs> I'll go. Okay, so I was just looking at, at on our boards and one of our, our – Team members, uh, Laura Shinneman was saying, I don't know if you saw this or not on the thread just now, that her TSH is in the triple digits after RAI, and her endocrinologist just blew her off. I mean, I just, I just got goosebumps reading it when I didn't know that. And well, and and Raina too, ten to ten to twelve years, ten to twelve years Hashimoto's before she fell in the hypothyroid range. I mean, wow! When you see all the different stories, you're just you're just like wow, you know. And and that's just just a collection, just a a few of us, and we're just all you know together on the phone. And this is this isn't even the whole world. Like you know, there's just it's amazing. I just got goosebumps again. I'm a goosebump queen here today. It's just it's it's wonderful what you do, Michelle. It's wonderful that you're that you're out there and that you have the guts to do that. I mean, truly, that you did it and that Denise jumped on board and just believed in you. And, I mean, can you imagine, I know, even from when I first met you, Michelle, the difference in where thyroid changes from, from that point, which was just a year ago, from where it is now. And and how long ago was it that you started thyroid change? Oh, I'll never forget it. It was May of 2012. So, wow. Yeah. We've grown quick, and, you know, there's so much more that we want to do. Um, It can be challenging, though. We are a team of volunteers, 
So, you know, we, we work the best we can, and some of us are very sick. Uh, there are some of us who are fighting uh, parallel issues, you know, whether it be dementia or um, Lyme disease. <laughs> and, right. You know, it's very challenging. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, but that's also the beautiful thing about thyroid change is I think that we now have 26 volunteers because there was a time where there was a group of core volunteers and we worked pretty much full time with our other jobs and our life duties and it gets tiring. So we started bringing let me, on. Let me stop you real quick. Yeah, of course. Stop you real quick. We 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 say the names of the the wonderful women that that helped you that were your core group to to begin with. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, first there was Sarah Downing who came on and she volunteered. There's no way I could list everybody, but Sarah Downing came on as our blog editor. She came on very quickly and she was pivotal in developing that. And then um, Beth Jones, she is still with us. She uh, has been amazing as well, and she takes on every odd job that we possibly have. And Kit Kelson, she was with us for a very long time, and she currently is focusing on herself because of her health, but she was one of our core volunteers. Um, I, you know what? It's so funny because my mind gets blank. I have these hypo moments when you make right, me nervous. Right, there's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> because so there many was. people that have helped. There is now no looking at way. Your, go ahead, I'm sorry. Looking at No, no, I was going to say I'm looking at your fabulous uh site here and you know, great board of trustees and and advisors and everything. How did you guys come together? Were you um did these people how did you come to to gather these people together? Well, honestly, it was through support forums. Just as you guys met in support forums, that's where we met. Um, you know, oh, wow. we aren't as active in the support forums anymore because we dedicate most of our time to running the social media and trying to bring on new people and explaining what we do. But really, in the end, we met on support forums, and that's who we were. And, you know, when uh, Isabel Wentz, she wrote her book, and when Dr. Wentz uh, started coming out, we saw her, and we saw what a true advocate she was in the thyroid community, and she ad- she donated quite a lot of money to us to help us um, get our 501c3. So now wow. we are a federally recognized nonprofit. And Bethany Sharp, she is uh, Miss Tennessee. She, I think she was in the top six of Miss America at one point as well. But she's also vice president of a health wow. company. So she's That's an very all cool. amazing woman. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's a Hashimoto. We- she is. They all are. Um, Deborah Schultz. She, you know, works in New York City. She works for. She's a mortgage broker. Um, Don Campo. He is a teacher, but he was a, a marketing representative for a pharmaceutical organization. So they all have Hashimoto's or Graves' disease or some sort of thyroid disease. Because we knew that um, when you choose a board. It's very nerve-wracking because they have a lot of power over what we choose. And we knew that the best um, voices for thyroid change were other patients. But at the same time, we have Dr. Aram, who is one of our um, medical advisors, and he's been working with us. He's an endocrinologist. So, And another endocrinologist we've been working with lately is Dr. Pepper, and uh, he recently published, yeah, I know, we love the name. We always sing the song, mm-hmm. the commercial. 
Hey, I'm sorry. I just need to say Sarah's an amazing part of Thyroid Change. I'm so excited to have her on with me. Thank you. I know. I know she is. I love her, too. She's one one of those people who just has great radiating energy. I absolutely love her, too. We kind of wanted to surprise you and and have her get on the air and so you guys could chat. But I wanted to really quick talk about something that you and I did, Michelle, that will kind of tie in so you and Sarah can talk for just a minute um, about where you've been and, yeah. and 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 what's you know just, just maybe you could just elaborate about you know what's gone on i think you were headed that direction just a moment ago absolutely it's been quite a roller coaster for me uh thankfully sarah and i have um been working on a project recently um with a, a book with hella sindendale and uh you know we're trying to get that together so thyroid change has been moving forward but at the same time that it's been moving forward, I really had to take some time for myself recently, um, and things slowed down for me because, um, you know, when I became over-medicated, um, I didn't realize it, and, um, you know, it increased stress in my life. And as I said, it was after my third daughter that a lot of stress um, had hit my life. So it's been a rough road. For the past three years and uh you know my husband and i separated for a short amount of time and we needed that time to ourselves because it's very challenging to be suffering the symptoms of thyroid disease and be working and taking care of my three young children and moving everything forward and i just have so much empathy now for those who are on the other side i think for the most of my life i've been hypothyroid so I, i related to that but to relate to the other side of the coin, what it's like to be up as opposed to down, that that was an interesting situation and one that I'm still recovering from. That's a great point, though, too, for our listeners, is that so many things that we do, like you were mentioning, Michelle, stress, childbirth, when we make food changes, or like you said, you, you started walking and doing different things, that we constantly have to take a daily check-in with our bodies. And and if everything is in agreement, we really need to listen because the thyroid can change, which means medications, uh, requirements, and dosages and what have you may change as well with it. So that's a great point. And I I was just listening to a a fabulous podcast uh, from one of our favorite people, I think all of us agree, Sean Croxton from Underground Wellness is interviewing Jen Whitman, who will be on the show here coming up in a few weeks, but one of the things she said that I thought was so wonderful and so nice to hear was that going along with what Tiffany just said, you know, every day you need to do a daily check-in and doing some things that most people think are self-indulgent or are the world kind of considers self-indulgent for us really don't, we need to change the way we look at that because taking five minutes to meditate or do yoga or, as she said, she takes her eight-minute, you know, she does her eight-minute butt (laughs) exercises, which I think was so great. Um, And stretches are super important, too. Right? (laughs) And take some time for yourself. And, you know, here we have Sarah on the line who is a Reiki master and is is, is getting um, certified to be a massage, a masseuse. And, you know, massages are good for you. Right? And those aren't necessarily things that we need to be looking at as thyroid sufferers as these overindulgent things. I, I think we need to do daily check-ins of of things that, that help us, whatever it is, yoga or, or talking on the phone with your friend or a bath or whatever it is. I really think we need to try to 
talk a little bit more and and make everybody more comfortable with the fact that that's just the way it's going to have to be from now on. We have to really check right. It's in. not a, it's so not a pamper. It's a maintenance, right? Maintenance, not yeah. pampering. Yep, yep. But not Health just care. that. It's important to remember that it's not just about taking your medication. It's about your whole mental outlook. It's you know, it's a whole parcel. Um, holistic Positive. well-being. Mm-hmm. Yep. Positivity, eliminating the negativity, because that can be really wearing on thyroid Cutting patients. toxic people out of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, Ooh, that's a when, big we, one. when we talk about stress, they say that stress activates your immune system. So if you do have an autoimmune disease, if you're under a large amount of stress, that will aggravate the system. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. And remember that self-love and self-care truly is medicine. It is. It it really is. I would say, I think for me that's been a huge thing is is really understanding how much, you know that that affects you know uh, well being. I mean it, it seems like it's such a simple thing to say, but to really wrap your head around you know when you're around negativity or whatever what that really does if you take a step outside yourself and go, wow you know I'm tired or you know like for me I can I can feel the stress in my thyroid. My thyroid will swell if I get very stressed and. Um, you know, just taking and going, wow, this is really a phys- physiological response. It's not just a mental thing, per se. We really have to remember that that's very uh, effective on our on our conditions. Well, we have to be careful with the mental thing. I, You know, I even for myself, it's been such a long road, and I haven't been aware for that long, you know, and it's difficult to keep and in, in, internalize into your soul that, it really is your body speaking to you, not your mind speaking to your body. Or, you know, when you are anxious, your body is speaking to you. Something is off, and you shouldn't just chalk it up to nothing. <laughs> no, you really should listen to yourself. And listen you know, to one your thing intuition. Really, listen to your intuition, absolutely. One thing I wanted to point out about thyroid change, too, is that not only, you know, for our listeners, Michelle, is not only can they go there uh, to Thyroid Change to learn about things about themselves and testing and whatever, but they can also send their physicians to that site, correct, so that their physician, if they are interested, I know physicians that are definitely, uh, you know, more open, they can send them there as well for more information, correct? They can. They absolutely can. And we also... um, (laughs) Dr. Teitelbaum has a Physicians Alliance Network, and there's a link to that. So that way, um, any doctors who want more information from other doctors have access to that. And patients who are struggling to find a doctor, um, we do have a patient-recommended doctor list. And what patients do is if they have a doctor who runs expanded panels and who is willing to treat outside of just T4 only, there is a listing. So it helps people to find doctors who are willing to treat because that's very difficult, even in the United States. Yeah, and I love the site. It's beautiful. I mean, job well done. Um, just just a really great uh, reference page and, and, you know, so much. It, it looks fabulous, I mean, for our listeners. It's thyroidchange.org, um, and you can read all about uh, what they have going on and advocacy updates and all kinds of goodies. Yeah, well, that's definitely a labor of love among the whole team. It's it's an amazing effort that put that together. And Sarah knows. She 
she uh, manages the blog, and you know, let me tell you, that blog is a beautiful thing with lots of information. She's running an international series right now and has pulled um, different advocates from around the globe to tell what you know it is like for treatment and for you know testing around the globe and so that way people have a perspective of what it's like around the world well and, and that, you that see goes in the thyroid a bit, that goes along a little bit with um with what we do with our thyroid thrivers uh to, you know just uh, giving a voice to the people to the little people, not mm-hmm. just the, the big people, but to the little people, you know, giving a voice to the thyroid sufferers out there. I'll be doing more and more thyroid thrivers, and, you know, but that that is what what you're talking about, right? Just exactly. Your what thyroid people are going through. Yeah, but also, exactly. And we're going to feature, we're featuring thyroid thrivers here, too, on uh, Thyroid Nation Radio, right, Dana? So we're going to have people actually yep, talk about their be. own stories. Because I love hearing about, like, for example, with you, Michelle, I love hearing about the story, you know, the passion, because for so many of us, the passion is very different. The origin of the passion is very different. I mean, when you, you rarely hear that about, you know, 11 years old, you were diagnosed. And so you lived with this your whole life before you really said, wow, look at all these other things. I mean, that's that's a really great, um, you know, driver to, to start and thyroid don't change. don't forget and the to, daughter. To and the daughter, <laughs> Don't right. ever forget my daughter. No, because uh, I remember one appointment, uh, the doctor said to me, you know, each of your children has a 50% chance. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my fight was actually reinvigorated because one of the first doctors I saw after I found this out looking for T3 treatment or at least further testing to see if I warranted it, he told me, well, you know, you thyroid patients all come in here and you tell me <laughs> that your thyroid causes everything. And He then went on to joke that a woman told him that thyroid disease destroyed her marriage. And I remember at the time thinking to myself that I didn't like what he said, but later on, now at the point that I'm in now, I look back and I'm like, oh, you you just have no clue, (laughs) you know, when you're tired and you're irritable. And, you know, it's, it's tough to explain that when a lot of the information out there makes it sound like you're just going to gain a few pounds and just follow the script and you'll be fine and you know how do you convince someone otherwise when that's the mainstream message you know now they're talking so much more about disassociation and so you were talking about marital problems i mean just you know just mentioning sex drive and disassociation you start right there and if you don't have an enormously tolerant partner you're going to be in some trouble Absolutely, because it's difficult to navigate life. Life is stressful enough. Add in illness, especially an illness that doesn't have a clear term um, like cancer. You know, you say cancer and people go, oh, and I'm not trying to minimize cancer. Cancer is horrific. But some of these silent illnesses have chronic issues that just don't demand any empathy or understanding. And that needs to get out there as well because, you know, if people are suffering, they don't need the added stress from their family not understanding fully. I have to say this, uh, that I've noticed that that is a huge problem among thyroid patients. I've written a lot of blogs about it. I recently wrote one, um, a guest blog for Hypothyroid Mom, and um, I was going through all the comments and responding to them, and I was amazed at how many people were talking about how how downright mean and unsupportive their husbands were um and because it was mostly female commenters or just their families you know not taking them seriously and making patronizing comments and 
I know from my own experience, it can be really heartbreaking when the people who you think are supposed to love you the most don't, just don't get it and are not there when you need them. And they don't even realize it. I have to cut you off right there. I'm so sorry, Sarah. If you guys will stay on the line, we need to close out and say thank you so much to Michelle Bigford of thyroidchange.org and Sarah for calling in. This is Dana from Thyroid Nation and Tiffany from GratefulGarden.biz. Appreciate it. Thank you so much to all the listeners, and thank you so much, Michelle, for your time. was awesome. Yes, it's done. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. I know you can all hear us still, We're but done. the radio show is done. So 